1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time
2: Decisions. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Kicking it with Cam Stewart. We've got a uh, stacked program today. Whale Capper will join us at 4.20, Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, at 5 o'clock, Michael Leone at 6 o'clock, as uh, we will not be with you on a Friday. We've got uh, one one last um, piece of business to take care of uh, tomorrow, and then things will get back to normal uh, next week. Well, normal, that's that's all relative in my world, Um, but uh, we're at the Metalworks Studios uh, tomorrow, uh, there'll be no show tomorrow, but there will be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, Thursday and Friday and all the other days uh, moving forward. So we've got to, uh, and we didn't know this was going to go down like this, so it's sort of a spur of the moment. We've got to uh, jam everything, uh, all the weekend stuff, so we'll give you uh, NFL weekend picks. We'll talk NFL DFS. Uh, Michael Leone's going to join us. We'll talk about tonight's uh, DFS contest uh, with the Cleveland Browns and the uh, New York Jets, but it's good that Leone's joining us so we can run the table and uh, take a look at the weekend card as well. And, of course, uh, we've got the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. What's going on, Cam?
3: What's happening, Marenzi? Yeah, just checking out right now, getting ready for the big football game tonight, taking the Browns maybe tonight on the money line. I know a lot of people like the Jets right now at plus three. Looks intriguing. Don't see the Browns as a favorite very much. Last time, 2015, and I'm watching a little golf right now. Uh, interesting uh, developments at the Tour Championship. Deschambeau is shitting the bet; he's plus four, and our Dustin Johnson fade. It's early, but in full effect. DJ second last right now at plus three. Him and Deschambeau rounding up the bottom.
2: Yeah, uh, you know I don't know. It seems to me that most of these golfers are kind of douchebags and jerk offs to begin with. <laughs> and I was going to say that you know Dustin Johnson will probably have some bad luck and bad karma around him, but that's not really the case. seems like these guys are all jerks and then they all just rich. they all cheat on their wives and they all move forward. But you know, tiger's career kind of took a turn for the worst. It'd be interesting to see. We DJ, uh, how things uh, go down uh, with him. Listen, it's the end of the year right now, right? So he's just got to get through this, but yeah, smart play by you to fade Dustin Johnson. You knew he wasn't going to play well, especially everything that's going on. It's the final tournament of the, of the year. Well, you got the Ryder Cup uh, next week as well. You know, I I can't believe that his mind is completely on, on this. And he's not that competitive in the first place, Cam. He doesn't seem to care when things are good. So when things are bad, I don't really say he probably really doesn't care. You no, you're right. Like, this
3: guy in a lie detector test, like, he's got the same emotion all the time. Like, you never see him happy. You never see him sad. He's just gonna ho-hum, you know, do 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 He goes about his business. He's always got that kind of, like, dumb kind of glaze on his face all the time, be it happy or sad, winning or losing, playing good, playing like crap. But, uh... Yeah, no, just when, uh, when we assess these bets, Gabe, and we look for edges all the time, and the best thing about these matchup bets was because it's a 30-man field, we have four to five different matchup bets, and DJ's favored in every one because he's one of the favorites in the tournament, right? Like, you get Brooks Kepk at plus 125. You know, he's three under par. John Rahm, like all the good golfers. Justin, the only one he wasn't favored in was Justin Rose, and it was almost like a pick'em. So, yeah, I see a lot of value uh, fading DJ, and we'll... Well, we'll see what he does in, in the Ryder Cup, too. You know, uh, this is interesting. You, talk, you brought up a good point yesterday about the Europeans, and it's in France, and they love to beat the Americans in this tournament. Like, it, it's personal. This is where, actually, the first time in golf where, like, emotions get out there. I remember Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy almost looked like they wanted to throw down, like, fists. And it's nice to see that because that's the problem with golf. Uh, I know it's an issue that you have. These guys are chummy, chummy. Hey, buddy, like, you know what I mean? But you should go out there like any professional sport. You should want to beat somebody's ass down, be it your friend or not.
2: Yeah, no, I don't, you know, I think they are competitive, actually, Cam. I think they, like I said, there's so many ego, you know, look at Deshaun Bowe. The guy's obviously got an ego. You go down the list of players, Rory, Tiger, um, I think, but you're right. There's there's a new generation of players. Dustin Johnson's a good example of this. Like, Dustin Johnson should win more than he does. For a guy that's, Absolutely. you know, and he, he doesn't really get enough heat for it. Like, he's favored all the time. He's always the big favorite, and, you know, he never wins big tournaments, or he rarely wins big tournaments, and he doesn't seem to be all that upset about it. Uh, You know, Ricky Fowler. Is Ricky Fowler mad right now? now? Is he mad? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm saying, at the end of the year, does Ricky say, you know, it's ridiculous. I didn't win. You You know, I'm in the top five. I'm one of the top five favorites every week. I never win. Yet you know the guy's got a ton millions of dollars in sponsorship deals he's got an ultra hot chick he's got some crazy over, big yep. boat yeah yacht and boats and stuff
3: Party time. there's
2: no there's no urgency there's no urgency and it's funny because it leads us into uh, into this yes it's football we're going to get into football but yep, um definitely. my favorite league the NBA is uh, is nearly back it's around the corner and I like it the controversy's already started so uh, jimmy butler wants out of minnesota and um, supposedly he called Carl Anthony Towns a bitch to his face, <laughs> like when when they were like not making the playoffs last year when they were wilting down the stretch. I guess he basically told him, you know, you're. He goes, I never knew. He basically told him, I wouldn't have come here if I'd known what a big bitch that you are. And he said, I'm out of here, and he means it. He's out of here, and now you're gonna like this. So. Jimmy Butler wants out, right? And he demands the trade. So, Steven Jackson, remember, you know, Pacer Steven Jackson, longtime NBA yeah. player Steven Jackson, never I shy like to talk. Steven Jackson. Steven so, Steven Jackson says that basically, how can you blame him? How, how can you blame Steven? How can you blame Jimmy Butler? He's like, you know, the T Wolves are soft. And then he called Andrew Wiggins soft. He said, Andrew Wiggins has no heart. He, you know, he has no heart. He doesn't care. So now Andrew Wiggins' brother is calling out Stephen Jackson. <laughs> and, we, we, uh, and, and Wiggins, Wiggins actually, uh, Wiggins responded even. Old dudes uh, stay hating like he was anything special, bum-ass. I keep the same energy wherever I go, Wiggins posted on Instagram. And then Wiggins' brother Nick uh, suggested that Jackson didn't exactly have a highlight-laden career and only hit the catch-and-shoot threes. Now I got to tell you, if I'm taking sides here between Stephen Jackson and Andrew Wiggins, Stephen Jackson at least does give a shit. Stephen Jackson's yeah. right. Andrew Wiggins is one of the most heartless, careless, modern just NBA players. I swear to God, I've talked about this for years with Andrew yep. Wiggins. I've never seen him sweat. You sweat more hosting one segment <laughs> than he sweats playing an entire NBA basketball game. He doesn't care. He's never cared. And at least he's honest. He's honest when he says, I keep the same energy wherever I go. Yeah, lethargic energy. Andrew no Wiggins is the classic example of a player who could be better than he is. You know, have you ever seen Andrew Wiggins play defense? No, he doesn't. Never he been. doesn't care. Never. Watch Andrew Wiggins when he doesn't have the basketball. He just stands there. I've never even seen him run. Like, I've never even seen him sprint. He sort of like half-assed jogs you know, up and down the court, no intensity at all. The what the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves, and they have Tom Thibodeau. Who, yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest Thibodeau fan. He wouldn't yeah. be my coach if I was a GM, but he's a good coach. So you've got Tom Thibodeau, you've got all this talent, and you're terrible. And Andrew Wiggins like doesn't see like that he's one of the major issues. And Carl and, and thing with Carl Anthony Towns. I think Wiggins is the bigger problem than Towns is. Because Towns actually brings it every night for the most part. And he is, you know, he's a nice guy, Cam. He's not soft, but he's a nice guy. And he's ultra rich. And this is a problem. When these players become so mega rich so early and so young, it takes somebody edge off. And it takes sort of a killer instinct, dude, to play through it, even when you're rich, not to, you know. But Wiggins and Towns are nice guys. And that's why their team sucks. And the Minnesota Timberwolves do suck. Let's just call it off for what it is.
3: Yep, they do suck. No, and, and that's the thing. Wiggins, like when he came when he came out to Gabe, this guy was going to be the next coming. And I know uh, you get down on LeBron too, but you can't take anything away from the, a guy that has that much money and bring and brings it. At least that well, no, LeBron has, has delivered. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the, he has the money, and th- and I'll give him credit because he's, he, this guy brings his A game. He works his ass off, still does stuff. Like, that's the thing. Wiggins has all the potential in the world, but you said it. The defense is absolutely deplorable. The Minnesota Timberwolves can score with anybody. They can't defend anybody, and that's why they're never going to take it up a notch. Yeah, there's a real problem with that team. Tom Thibodeau, I'm with you. I think I think he's kind of an overrated coach. I think he gets a lot more respect than he deserves. And and the core of that team, they just don't have what it takes. And now with the West, with LeBron uh, at the Lakers, and uh, it's not going to be any easier for Minnesota, Gabe. They're going to be a team. Uh, actually, we can fade a lot because they have all the talent on paper, but they never seem to get it done.
2: Yeah, uh, it's um, it's it's they're just one of these franchises, as you stated, that'll continuously spin their wheels and. This is as good as it g- gets for them. You know, them getting Wiggins, getting Carl Anthony Towns, bringing in Jimmy Butler, hiring Tom Thibodeau. Minnesota's not going to have a roster as good as this, you know, basically ever again. <laughs> like, exactly. you know, maybe no, you no, know, you know, 10, ten, ten years. But too. Yeah,
3: you said it right? exactly. So you Minnesota? need to draft like those... well.
2: Correct. You need to draft Take well. Time. And then, you know, you need to get lucky and get someone who wants to go there. And then they did. They did, but... There's just no intensity with this team. I've said it. I've been talking about this for years. And you look at you look at Andrew Wiggins and his his refusal to play for Team Canada as well. And that's all you need to know about his heart. So, he doesn't care when you're paying him and he won't play if you're not paying him. So, you see you see there's a pattern here with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Jackson's right. If I'm Wiggins, I just, you know, don't say anything about this. Don't respond. Sort of like Eminem to Machine Gun Kelly. Don't say anything. Yeah. Because if you do, people are just going to highlight, like people like me are going to say, really, Wiggins? You're calling Steven Jackson a bum ass when you mail it in every day? You know, Carl Malone was named uh, the mailman um, because he He delivered. delivered. He delivered uh, uh, every night. But Andrew Wiggins could be called the mailman because he mails it in uh, every <laughs> night. See, the mailman could go both ways on this. <laughs>
3: That's right. <laughs> yeah, Carl Malone was more like UPS, Gabe. Like, he was more like a. You know, delivery right on time, all the time. You know your guaranteed package is going to be there, and it's going to be intact. That's what we talk about the mailman. And Wiggins, yeah, you know you say about for Team Canada, too, it's not like they're, they're a bunch of schleps anymore. You got uh, uh, the, the King, Rohan Barrett, whose son, uh, JT, and uh, playing at Duke, and it's actually a program that's getting better all the time. You think you'd uh, actually want to put on your damn country's colors and participate, but not so much.
2: All right, so we've got Whale Capper stepping up and in uh, at... Oh, yeah. uh,
3: you're, you're- your boy 420
2: yeah and he's um <laughs>
3: Whale he's,
2: yeah he's um he's probably happy that it's one and one right now <laughs> with with the carolina like panthers Two and Big one game for carolina this week
3: buddy they're beating cincinnati this week i like carolina this week i don't know how you feel about that game but i think they should get it done at home
2: yeah they really they really should be uh They really should beat uh, Cincinnati in this spot. Listen, Cincinnati's won their first two games. Um, It worries me because I don't think that Cincinnati can go to three and zero. But I'm I'm risking it that the Miami Dolphins can uh, can get uh, to three and zero. The Dolphins are hosting uh, the Raiders uh, this week, and you know the Raiders played played their hearts out uh, against Denver. I got to give them credit for that game. I didn't see it coming. I didn't take that. You know, I got cold feet. I was smart enough to jump off. So I was on Denver. I liked Denver earlier in the week, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to lay the points here. It's it's probably going to end up being a close game. Uh, It's probably going to end up being a a close game. And uh, I didn't, and now we've got the Raiders. Um, Tough spot for them. They play Monday night football. They play in Denver. Now they have to go to the East Coast and take on the Miami Dolphins in an early 1 o'clock start game. And uh, the Raiders are one of these West Coast teams that have never far- fared well in the, in the early kickoff um, start. But, you know, asking the Dolphins to win and cover three straight consecutive weeks, that's, that, that's asking a lot. That's why I have the issues and, and interpretations with
3: that game too, Gabe. There's a little voice in my head, like the voice that you had, stay away from laying six and a half with Denver against the Raiders. That's the voice in my head saying, don't take the Dolphins at minus three. Something weird about this game. I just, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, ooh, Miami, too easy. Great spot, early situation. Raiders got a lot of bad things. Lined up against them, but there's something about that line that tells me it's a real tight game. Maybe the Dolphins squeeze out a one or two point win, maybe three for the push. But I'm in no rush to bet that game. I to the Raiders, as dumb as that. Stands. I don't.
2: I don't well, you know, it's a contrarian. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't argue it. We'll see what Whale Capper says. Whale Capper uh, will join us next. We got a stacked show. Steve Merrill's going to join us now too. So we got Whale
1: Capper, wow, Babano, Steve, Steve Merrill, Michael Leone, and more.
2: Uh, Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Whale Capper should be joining us uh, any moment right now. As I stated, we've got a stacked show. Steve Merrill's going to join us at 4.40. Whale Capper right now at 4.20. Ian Cameron Babano steps up and in at 5 o'clock. Michael Leone at 6. I gotta tell you, it's like the Jersey Turnpike here, Cam, where we're, we're, it's, it's, yeah, traffic, traffic,
3: (laughs) traffic, yeah, no, I was just uh, saying, that's a stack, Gabe, we haven't had like a a four patty, five patty stack in a while, man, and no, it's going to be interesting tonight. I can't wait for this uh, Jets-Cleveland game. I know we've kind of been mocking all, all week, but I got football fever. I know we talked about these Thursday-nighters, but you know what I mean? We talk about the games all week. Finally, it's going to get here. And just seeing, just looking at the board and seeing Cleveland minus three, I'm like doing a double take with my eyes. Like, do I see the Browns minus three? Like, do I want like the Jets and the teaser? Like, I, there's a lot of things I'm thinking about doing with this game, but uh, nothing's quite jumping out the way it should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, teasing the Jets to plus 10, Seems very, very good to me, because I don't know if Cleveland can blow them out, buddy.
2: You know what? I'm I get it. I, I don't have a problem with you teasing. The teasers have been good to you and ironically enough I've been jumping away from the teasers. Alright, do we have whale capper yet here? And the guys in the booth? Or are we talking to ourselves today? Alright, do we have uh, do we have whale capper? There we go. What's up, Capper?
4: Hey, hey fellas, how we doing?
2: We're on the clock here, Well Capra. I know. So I, I'm like, man, we got to get, get this guy out by 440. It's already 423. I'm like, man, we're, we're, we're missing valuable time here.
4: Well, it sounds like you guys have a loaded show. Uh, I'll be listening for the rest for sure. Uh, happy yeah, for we appreciate that. Uh, beautiful football Thursday. Uh, can't wait for this game tonight. Uh, got a uh, got a nice got a nice ticket on the over before it took a lot of money this morning. Uh, Interesting. ticking kicking all the way up to about 41 here. Uh, but yeah, the side is a tough one for me. I really, uh, it's, it's so bizarre seeing, uh, Cleveland laying points, but, uh, it makes sense. You got a rookie quarterback playing his third game in what, 11 days, uh, short week, tough to prepare, you know, a young, young kid has never kind of gone through the, you know, what it takes to get prepared in such a short amount of time. Uh, so you know, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, Jets have in terms of a game plan to attack relatively good uh, Cleveland defense. Although there's going to be some missing pieces, I guess. Um, but it should be a fun game. I'm excited for this one. The thing with this game, uh, well, Capper is it's one of these
2: deals where it wouldn't surprise me if it was ugly as hell and it was fourteen nine, and we're like, oh god, why they put the Jets and Browns on TV? Or it wouldn't surprise me if it was entertaining as hell, and it ends up being thirty-one twenty-four, and it sails over the number. It really is a tough and perplexing game. Uh, but like I told somebody last night, that they said, "Oh God, it's a bad Thursday nighter." I said, "No, it's bad like Three's Company. It's you know you want to watch it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm dropping an old TV show reference here. Yeah, an old reference there, right? When it's like Three's Company. <laughs> I love Company.
4: Yeah, yeah. So bad is good.
2: <laughs> it is. It's so bad. Yeah, it's I like a, it. the, it's like the Duke's a hazard. It was so bad it was good. But it was really the um, it was really uh, Daisy Duke that was that was yeah. so good. Boss but you mentioned you mentioned Cleveland. You know, Boss Hogg was actually a um, he was like a um, Shakespearean trained actor. He could actually act for real, but he never made money, and of course, poor bastard is known as being Boss Hog. But that's another story. So, the, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, like you said, well, Capper, you know their, their defense has played pretty well. They hold the Pittsburgh Steelers to twenty one points in the first week of the year. They they contain the New Orleans Saints in week two. This they they haven't won a game yet, but you, to me, Capper, they look like a different Browns team. And I brought this up about Tyrod Taylor. Say what you will about Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's Drew Brees. I'm not saying he's an elite quarterback. But I'm saying if you look at the Buffalo Bills, they have pretty much the exact same roster as they did last year. They're a 9-7 football team. And where are they now? You look at the Cleveland Browns. Suddenly the Browns are competing with the Steelers. They're competing with the Saints. You know, Tyrod Taylor does bring some respectability and confidence to this offense a little bit. I think he has enough to pull it off and win the game uh, for them tonight, uh, Whale Capper.
4: I agree with you on that. Uh add to that uh ex- you know, Terod Taylor has extreme familiarity with this team. Uh he's played the yep. Jets twice a year every year he's been a starter and would you I believe this, he's is four the, and two. this is the fourth I think he's, he's four, and four and too two as well. Yeah. W- yep. Would you believe this is the fourth time he's playing the Jets on Thursday night football? Like that's kind of crazy. <laughs> like this is like a familiar this is a familiar spot for him. I was like, at I, the game you know, we last year it,
2: when they did. I
4: was there. It was a good game. It lost. was entertaining as hell. So was the, the, year, the one the year before, they uh, the one the year before was entertaining too. That was the infamous game where they had the uh, they they played uh, they they wreaked havoc on colorblind people because they were doing the colorless uh, uh, the yeah, red and yeah. green. Oh yeah, the Christmas <laughs> uh, the Christmas uniform. They were
3: uh, That's right.
4: That's right. It was fun game though. All, you know, so they they they've made for entertaining games. Terod Taylor's familiar with how to attack this Jets defense. If you go back and just kind of look at the Jets on short rest and, and uh, you know try to highlight what their strengths are as an organization, as a staff, I see a team that has a very, very strong offensive coordinator. I like Sam Darnold, how he looked in primetime on Monday night week one. Guy looks like he's got some swagger and can – step up in prime time so just on that basis alone i'm expecting the jets to get some points on this uh and if the jets can get to like 20 and you know i think terod taylor does his thing he gets to you know he gets to 21 24 got something in that ballpark then i'm feeling pretty good about holding my over uh, my over ticket here but uh it's uh it's, it's gonna be interesting can
2: cleveland well, Capper, when- i want to get can they win yeah, a game that's I, the whole thing can they, they win they a game can.
3: They, they, they can win uh, no, I, gave, I think Cleveland, Cleveland wins and the Jets cover the teaser you get that they teaser. have I think Cleveland wins by like three or four tonight that's yeah, what cam I
2: loves his teasers capper um <laughs> 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 they you know in Cleveland the security they've actually practiced them winning like they anticipate people storming the yeah. field when they win. And they think people are going to try to, like, tear the goalpost down and everything. And, of course, they've got those Bud Light fridges chained up. Ooh, um, ooh. So, yeah, there's, yeah. I don't, it's not really a reward, but it is what it is. I guess it's beer. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's ready, Bud eh? Light. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Our boy Shado, actually, we met him last night. He's a regular listener to the show. Great to meet you, Shado. He thought, you know, he's being a cool dude. He brought 24 Bud Lights over to a place where we are getting ready to record a record. And instead of people saying thanks, everyone insulted him. I don't drink that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm like, it's like, this guy's like, are you crazy? And I'm, I had a buddy. Like, we already have water. To-. Yeah, I have a buddy. He's going to the store to get some beer. I said, ah, oh, my buddy just brought 24 Bud Lights. He goes, I'm going to the store to get some beer. Sure get beer. <laughs> <He brought up. laughs>
4: you mentioned this, that uh, they're prepared for storm in the field. That's funny. Back in the day when I was in college, our uh, D1 college team uh, had – they were on the cusp of setting the all-time consecutive losses record, and uh, they finally uh, finally put together a win in the pouring rain. Uh, against his terrible ECU team, and uh, there was definitely every, you know people in the stands stormed the field, tore down the goalposts because they finally broke the streak. I, I hope we see that
3: tonight. What's your college, Whale Capper?
4: Ah, uh, Duke University, Blue Devil. Oh, 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 your their program's cool. actually
3: doing pretty good this year. They've uh, they're yeah, man.
4: Fun. Cutcliffe That's, is the real deal. Love this guy. That's why you're so smart. Love this guy.
2: Love yeah, this have guy. The Duke
3: game, uh, uh, the, 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 the intelligence of the show just uh, keeps on going up.
2: I, I know. Everyone, all of our guests are smarter than we are. Like That's I was smart. hoping you oh, were going to say, like, I, I, I was, was hoping you were going to say Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> no, nah, I was like, oh, he's <laughs> He lives in Long Beach. I thought you were going to say Cal Poly, Fullerton, oh, Riverside. That's, like, okay. my stuff good. right no, there. You know? Those are uh,
4: all community good. Community college. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, being being from Carolina, I got an interesting angle on the uh, Panthers again. I'm going against your boys. Okay. So this again. is a big
2: one. That's oh, so We're one and one right now on the year. We're one and, and one. one. Yeah, this is kind of an important game as far as the
4: the win total is concerned. Yep, it, kinda it kind of like, is.
2: If Carolina's going to do it for me, they need to win these home games. Right? That's you know they need they to win the games like this. Absolutely do. So Cincinnati has the extended rest. Do You like that angle? What's the angle you're looking at here? Why you like them?
4: That one's big. Uh, the the uh, the extra rest is big, uh, but the, the uh, enormous mismatch here with the uh, defensive line for the um, Bengals and the offensive yeah. line for the Panthers. Uh, I, to me, this you know, if, if even if you don't uh, particularly want to play. Um, you know, Bengals to win or Bengals on the spread. Uh, a Carolina team total under here looks like a su- like a sweet play. This Bengals defense is legit. Uh, they have playmakers in the secondary, but their defensive line is absolutely stacked. These guys are dominant, and uh, they're going up against uh, what we are seeing is like the most egregious cluster injury in the NFL. The offensive line for the Panthers just cannot stay healthy. We saw Pitt Cam take a you know kind of an egregious shot to the head last week that wasn't really fair but you know if he has any lingering effects from you know from getting beat up uh over the last couple weeks and and they can't keep him upright this is going to be a long game and they're going to have a tough time going against this team
2: what about no joe mixon uh, for cincinnati
4: so in my opinion that actually helps them a little bit i kind of i've liked seeing what you know, we've had a couple examples this season, especially uh, where a team loses their starting running back and it forces the offensive coordinator to do more of a pass-first approach, and it's worked out spectacularly. Uh, the best example, obviously, is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, they have just a god-awful running game, and it's forced their offensive coordinator to pass first, and it's, uh, you know, it's gotten them to 2-0 and in impressive, impressive fashion. Uh, same sort of story with Jacksonville last week, the Jags. Didn't have Fournette out there. It forced their offensive coordinator to be more aggressive as they were kind of trying to put away that game. Uh, And uh, sure enough, they were scoring touchdowns and passing plays late in the fourth quarter. Um, And you know, I think it's you know this this it has that whiff to me. I mean, I'd rather obviously like I'm not saying that you know losing Nixon increases my confidence, but I do uh, I do think that there's a a world we live in where they're they have to rely more on. Uh, a really strong receiving unit. The Bengals have like they have three legit guys in tight end position who can catch the ball. Um, their wide receivers are outstanding, in, in, uh especially in, in AJ Green. We haven't really seen John Ross do anything, but he's he's ready to pop. Um, and so I'm you know I'm 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 cautiously optimistic here that the Bengals get to get to three and L. Uh, and as you mentioned, it's a pretty important game for our uh, our, our Carolina Panthers position we're on. <laughs> Will Capper, I want to
3: ask you about uh, Green Bay and Washington. It's a a game that I think is going to be absolutely fantastic and a very short short line. You know, you're a smart guy. You went to Duke, and I'm thinking if I was the bookmaker, probably would have made the Packers four. We're seeing like three flats all over the board right now due to Washington, the bad performance against the Indianapolis Colts, but now back-to-back home games. This game feels like a trap to me. I'm on the Skins plus three. Uh, What's your opinion of this football game? I know know it's hard to get in front of Aaron Rodgers in the pack, but I think it's a good spot for Washington. What's your take?
4: It is, and I'm with you. Uh, I actually backed the Redskins on the money line in this one. Uh, I think they are a live dog. Um, I think that the Packers, uh, they're coming off of two, you know, two divisional home games. Uh, This is their first now road test. Uh, I didn't love the way that uh, Aaron Rodgers' um, body held up to playing effectively five quarters last week against a ridiculously tough defense, uh, and uh, I'm prepared to I'm yeah, prepared the extra to quarter. see him struggle a little bit in this in this one. You, you're you're turning well, we're around. We're seeing the reports now, game.
2: guys. We're seeing reports, guys. That there's a concern now about him. You know, make, making it worse if he plays, and it's funny. You brought it up, Capper. The fact they opened up with two divisional games, and I think they were like, mm-hmm. you know what, we got. You know, it'd be really nice if we can get two and zero here out of the gate, and then maybe we could even rest them. And now they probably, you know, should rest them, but they're not going to. It's interesting. It's early in the season, and Rodgers is already sort of day by day, and you know, there's a situation with his health right now. Do you think he's gonna? Is there's a chance he doesn't play in this football game, Whale Capper? That's when I look at this game. Oh man. I, I,
4: well, it, I yeah, like in Washington. my dreams I wake up. Yeah, yeah but you already my, have them my, exactly. In my dreams in my dreams I wake up Sunday morning and he's a surprise scratch, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not counting on that. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm 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 with you that uh, Washington was a disappointment last week. Uh, they, you know, you know, box just looking at the box score, they should have been uh, the winning team in that game, but they had just wildly inefficient third downs and red zone trips uh, and, you know, that you know when everything's going wrong every you know you, you can't kind of snap out of it in one game. I think we see a, a, a more focused and a more um you know a more dangerous Redskins team on Sunday than what we saw last week against the Colts. Uh, and uh, you know that they, they, they were a team that had a lot of momentum coming out of week one for good reason. Like they have they're they're relatively healthy. They have you know skill position players that can you know that can do do things to to you know put pressure on the other team uh and um you know this is this is a redskins team that i think still is going to be in the conversation this year as uh you know playoff contenders uh, maybe even afc east uh, nfc east contenders given how uh you know how soft that division is shaping up but um yeah i think uh, i think this is a good good spot for uh, the redskins to kind of reassert themselves into the conversation by getting a win against aaron Rodgers this week
2: is there a game, and uh, I know we've only got a couple of minutes left uh, here. We've got about three minutes uh, or so. <laughs> is there a game we didn't bring up, a whale Copper, you want to talk about?
4: Well, I might as well round it out. I bet three money line underdogs this week, Cincinnati, Washington, and the third one is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think the Saints get the job done against uh, Matt Ryan and company down in Atlanta. Uh, I think this is a WTF game, wrong team favored. Uh, I think uh, the Saints... Obviously, defense was rusty and unfocused week one, and giving up 48 points to the Bucks. Uh, they snapped back into sh- into form last week, and uh, you know, put together a pretty impressive performance against Cleveland. Uh, the offense still, you know, was a little rusty. They were they were playing tight, uh, and it felt like you know, w- number one, early in the season, they didn't really have a whole hell of a lot of focus. They didn't really feel the uh, you know the um, the extreme pressure uh that's maybe some other teams are feeling and uh they you know they were a little sleepy now they effectively this is a game that uh they need to uh to come out with an absolutely sterling effort uh meanwhile atlanta i thought was pretty lucky to get a win against uh, carolina last week their defense looked really bad uh and were it not for a couple of big plays i think they're you know they're probably you're probably talking about uh, Carolina Panthers two and zero right now, but uh, it's you know without Deion Jones, without Keanu Neal, I think uh, the Saints move the ball effectively, efficiently, and um, I think they get a win in pretty comfortable fashion here. Uh,
2: we got one minute quickly. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bucks have been the, one of the massive surprises, uh, obviously of the season. Two and zero start. Uh, Pittsburgh has been um, you know General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, soap opera. Uh, start to the season, which is kind of unlike them. Yet it feels like this is just a Pittsburgh route, doesn't it? Uh, what, what do you make of it? Yeah. What's your What's your feel?
4: I'm there with you. Pittsburgh route. Give me Give me uh, Give me some alternate lines in this one. Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Pittsburgh minus uh, six and a half. They, they're going to uh, win this one going away. Tampa's going to be drinking too much of their own Kool-Aid this week. Uh, you saw, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick walking around in the, uh, in the <laughs> Conor McGregor get up, like, get out of here. Like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're still, you're still Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, you know, like, like, y- y- you know, the, the, a one dimensional team, uh, if you can get a, a more focused effort out of the defense, uh, then I think that, uh, Pittsburgh pretty much calls their number here.
2: Uh, whale capper you can find him over at sportsbookreview.com as well as uh, online where can people find you and contact you and uh, find your stuff twitter's the best isn't it
4: twitter is the best at whale underscore capper best luck this week guys whale underscore
2: capper always a pleasure my man thanks for joining us whale capper steve merrill next up he's on deck we got babano Michael Leone, batch cleanup today. Talk some DFS at 6 o'clock NFL. Game Time Decisions continues. Ready, Heat and Rage Radio.
5: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network. Your free fancy source 24 hours a day.
2: BetDSI celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. Great customer service. Fast and easy payment uh, of winnings. Play virtually every sport at Best DS, BetTSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in game wagering on all major sporting events uh, where you can lay it down anytime uh, during the game. Use promo code FNTSY. Bet is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Use uh, promo code FNTSY and check out BetDSI.com. That's BetTSI.com, promo code FNTSY. Head over. And start winning today. Whale Capper says take the over in tonight's uh, football game between the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns. I'm, I, uh, I'm, um, I'm indifferent to this skeptical? total. Yeah, I'm yeah, indifferent to stuff. it. In which it, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me. Now listen, we're hanging out here with our boy Andy, Andy Brown fan, Andy Cap. Um, <laughs> handicap yeah and, andy handicap um you know is the best so he busted out a browns hat right so he's got this like sort yeah. of old school trucker browns hat and last night we're doing a video podcast and people are asking you know do you have a browns jersey and you know you're a real fan do you have a jersey or you just have the hat and uh, i was busting his balls because he was talking about how um Eric Metcalf's, like one of his favorite Browns of all time. Good Brown, one of your favorite Browns. Love Eric Eric Metcalf. Metcalf. Good call. Yeah, so he's talking about Eric Metcalf. (laughs) So he said he couldn't find a Metcalf jersey, but he came back downstairs last night, and it was gold, dude. Out of all the Cleveland Brown jerseys, he was rocking last night. Number two, Tim Couch. (laughs) Yeah, Kentucky's finest. (laughs) Nice, gotta
3: love Tim Couch.
2: (laughs) Yeah, our buddy says his favorite Browns quarterback of all time, not Bernie Kosar or Brian Seit, but Johnny Manziel. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's starting this
3: week again, Gabe. Uh, They're having, uh, Pitkin had some uh, issues for the Montreal Alouettes,
2: so I think uh, Johnny's going to get the start again. Hopefully it goes uh, better this time. You know what? I, I I supported Johnny Manziel. I'm not ready to throw him under the bus in the CFL forever right now. But it's not the fact good is so he's far. just he's not. Everyone else is better than he is. Like yes, they're, they, it's, they it's put true. In and they won games, right? They put Manziel in, yep. and you know that's Interception City, and they're down twenty nothing right away. It's not now. It's not a case where he's not getting a shot. It's a case in which. He just might not be good enough. he got to get
1: okay. better.
2: Yeah. I, I agree, yeah, Gabe. but another he thing might is, not too, he enough. forces the issue. You, wa- you watch a lot
3: of football. We watch, you know, uh, NCAA, CFL, NFL, right? The thing about Johnny Manziel is those plays that he made at Texas A&M, you know, shake off two tacklers, boom, make a big play. In the CFL, it's not a chump league. There's some really good players there, you know, I know and it, it gets a bad reputation. And when you're a defensive player going, look at this guy getting all the hype, you got extra chips on your shoulder. I can tell you one thing, if me and you were playing for another team and that guy's getting all the headlines and I was on the defense, I'd be salivating to get my hands on that guy, right? And a lot of players are, and right now he just looks out class and hopefully, hopefully, though, with a lot of training, he has the skill set. It's just going to take a while. And you know, a lot of a lot of players in that league, it's taken them a few years. It's not that simple. A lot of guys in college who were studs think, hey, I can come up to that league and dominate. It doesn't work that way. It's a lot harder than you think.
2: Um, we want to wish Taylor Stevens a very, very happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yes, One of our favorite, yes. um, favorite listeners and viewers of the show, but not just a listener and a viewer, but a good friend of, uh, of mine as a well. Friend. Uh, a, uh, a colleague like, uh, and a friend. Yeah, yeah. Like well, the king. <laughs> I don't know if the king's going to uh, come over and help me clean up and uh, and move out of no, my great, condo. That's a
3: great point, Gabe. I'm not sure.
2: I'm not sure. Like the king, how far does the king friendship actually go? I don't know. I've been I've been there a couple of weeks. I haven't heard from the king. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got a housewarming yeah. gift from the king.
3: Yeah, from the from the king. <laughs>
2: It might just be a colleague. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a colleague yeah, just, and uh, a good acquaintance yeah, We have to, right drop, Maybe, yeah, we have to drop the to friend, friend part. Yeah, we have to drop the <laughs> friend part. He's just a colleague. Just a
3: colleague. Yeah, I just want I want to say shout out to uh, Taylor for her, her birthday, too, and that was really cool that uh, she came up and visited you in Kitchener. us nice. Uh, I don't have wheels, so I would actually, I'm pretty jealous of you the whole week with the pinball machine and the turkey dinner and stuff sounds like i know you're working hard but it sounds like a lot of fun too and i just want to give a shout out to uh, my girlfriend it's her birthday tomorrow taylor and her back to back so happy birthday lisa and uh, hopefully uh I, I show up at uh, the barbarian steakhouse with a lot of money in my pocket gotta to, gotta to hit some winners tonight
2: well we wish uh, we wish lisa a happy birthday as well and uh it was great seeing taylor uh last night she played some acdc pinball uh, had a great time uh, out uh, at the um at the uh, rehearsal studios. This is our last night here, actually. Um, we have some breaking news um, here about a story we were talking I'm about not... earlier, and I, I can't believe this, but uh, upon further review, FanDuel agrees to pay $82,000 to the That's... guy for the bet. Wow. That guy, 11, uh... th- there's 11 others wow. who also had weird odds, shock. and they're also getting paid. That's unbelievable. You know what? kudos to
3: them that's great pr that's a way to get a customer for life i'm actually shocked morenci like i didn't think i i thought uh you know the the offer of five hundred dollars and, and and the three game uh suites to the new york uh, football giants was actually pretty good because those suites aren't cheap like that's the kind of sucker i am i'm like kramer on seinfeld i would have taken the low ball offer and instead if i got a, a lawyer we could have got the 82k but uh hey man that's that that's good pr for that company that's uh, that's that's actually shocking i didn't think this was going to happen wow well
2: done! Uh, how
3: can you do this? Yeah, Bandu very well keep done. Stepping no, no, up no, and no. delivering. You know what? That gets that's a round of applause right there. That's that, that that's a hardcore. They had a computer glitch, and you're actually paying this guy. I've been screwed on so many pick threes, pick fives, twenty-one thousand dollars horse racing bookies disappearing after Super Super Bowls, and this guy gets eighty-two thousand
2: dollars on a computer glitch. Man, what a lucky guy! That's unbelievable. Yeah, and eleven and eleven others are getting paid. Eleven others cool. are getting paid uh, as well. You know. The At first, it started off, and he went to the news. Now, he was smart to go to the media about this and take it to yep. the media, and the media picked it up, and I think FanDuel didn't like that aspect of it, in which local, you know, the local New York news affiliates were talking about it, and then the next day, following the story, the uh, New Jersey State Gaming Commission said they're going to investigate. So I think that FanDuel probably thought, you know what? For a hundred thousand dollars is better off just to make this go away right now. Yep. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and they do, but good publicity by them. They that's they come sure. across like the good guys. Hey, we paid after they all. Do. We we made a mistake and we paid out. And this guy that got eighty-two thousand dollars. You're one lucky son of a bitch, man. Because I agree, man. That's, even that's, as a gambling man, you mean. didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve eighty two hundred yep, to I one agree. odds on this bet. You know, you 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 got lucky. That FanDuel are class acts and uh, don't want to they don't want a black eye. They don't want a, a cloud over their business. I'm
3: gonna tell you something, Marancy, and you know this too. You you go there, you're in New York City. If the FanDuel sports book was not new, if it was an established sports book and had this thing going for years and years and years, there would not there would this would never have happened. Obviously, you know what? They gotta come out, they gotta look good in the public. They pay out their debts, even though it's a a huge huge mistake and obviously a computer problem you know what i mean like if this if this thing was established and been there for a while it would have been another day at the office where the the book manager would have gone up to him and go shut your mouth buddy you okay you know what you get your money back that's exactly what you get that's that's how 99.9 percent of the books would handle it kudos to them it's new uh, the, the now, 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 their PR—it's it's through the roof. It's, to make that decision, that's that's pretty class. Like I don't even—I'm actually—I'm actually shocked, buddy. Like when we told when you told me about this story yesterday, I'm like, "There's no way." And and you like me probably would have accepted. I would have
2: accepted the money. You know, five five—they offered it five, five I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have three suites. the five hundred. I wouldn't have accepted it. it. It was it was a decent offer at the time, but I wouldn't have accepted. Yeah. It. But I what also would you have accepted? I wouldn't have thought, I would have been, honestly, I would have left all pissed off. I know myself. I would yep. have been raging and stuff. And right away, I would have been, yep. I'm hanging on to this ticket, and I'm going to show it to an attorney. And that's exactly what yeah. the guy did. Because me, Cam, I would have thought, listen, I'm not getting 82 out of this, but I'm not going to lie. If they would have pulled me in the back room and said, listen, we'll give you $10,000 right now, I probably would have taken it. <laughs> like, I would have. You know, I, would I would have, have been like Kramer. It. Oh yeah. I would yes, have been like yes. Kramer. We're going to give you... You know, before Kramer goes in the room, she's like, listen, we don't need the bad publicity. Let's give him $50,000 and uh, free coffee for life. Kramer goes <laughs> into the room. We'll give you free coffee for life and I'll take it. <laughs> right? Like you can't take the first offer. But I honestly, I wouldn't have expected. I talked about this, a lot, this story a lot this weekend. I figured that FanDuel would have settled out of court and would have said, listen, you know, you're not getting 82, but let's just, you know, what do you want? We'll give you 25000 right now. Just go away and shut up, you know? And you got to sign yeah. a non-disclosure that you'll never talk about this ever again. And, sure. and I'm surprised, but I don't know, man. FanDuel, clearly, clearly, I mean, well, listen, number one, Cam, they're making a lot of money, okay? They are. You know, they the are. state of New Jersey brought in, like, you know, seventy-five million dollars in one month or something on sports betting alone—like they're, they're they're exceeding expectations. Yeah, they're so, in out. all in all honesty, eighty-two thousand dollars to the FanDuel sports book is really nothing. I mean, that that's a couple hours of action cam. It's a you know really like an no,
6: hour.
3: No, you know, know,
2: it's I know it's I'm a just piss saying, off. Look at
3: our, it is, it is. But look at our personal grievances. Like back in the day, I had I I won money on Will Hill and. uh Basically, it was $2,800 they were screwing me for. Like I'm talking about, they left things going on. You, and you know the way it used to be, Marenzi, when we dealt with these sports books. So, oh, uh, fax me this. Oh, it's too light. Uh, show me your driver's license. Nope. do it again. They would do every single trick in the book to make you, like, night after night, day after day, hour after hour, send new documentation to the point that you, had, you went F off and you end, ended up betting the money out of anger and lost it. Because it used to happen time and time again. Buddy, you've been there, I've been there. When we were working 15 years ago, we've had multiple books. And I'm telling you, I have never, never had a grievance where somebody's come up to me in a situation like that and even gotten close to, like, value for the money that I've lost in horse b- horse racing for $20,000, $2,800 on books, disputed tennis bets, golf bets, all sorts of stuff. This guy should thank his lucky stars. You're right, though. Going to the media and getting a lawyer, class, class move by him. Very smart. To get, yeah, get it out there quick.
2: It, it is it is it is and it was now speaking of class I'm uh, right. moves I'm thinking about thinking about thinking about all the times we got
3: <laughs> started, I'm actually angry now i'm actually like i should be happy for the guy i'm kind of thinking like yeah i know like i know what you you know uh, anyway what, whatever. i've seen him there too
2: him. i saw a picture yeah, of I've so see, him i've seen him you
3: know the guy that you see no
2: i don't I, I don't you know listen i don't talk to every person in that book yeah. but i've seen him there yeah, yeah. He's he's been there a few times. Um you know what dude, it's like winning the lottery. He got lucky. Like you said, that something like yeah. that'll never happen to you or me. No, it won't. You you or me too. <laughs> I'd get won't. I'd get screwed on this somehow. I'd have the ticket and then it'd be, you know, they'd come to me and they would say, Listen, FanDuel's not gonna sponsor the shows if you if you go through with this, Marency. Just do us all a yeah, favor and you know, let it go. I'd somehow get like caught in the middle where I couldn't just, like, be aggressive about it. You know what I mean? And exactly. I'm in the industry. Like, imagine, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sue DraftKings or FanDuel. You know, like, that's, oh, yeah. I'm in the fantasy sports world. That's going to work out well for me. It's like, yeah, yeah you get your $82,000 and your blackballed for the rest of your life. That That's a great point. Like, we work at the
3: station with all the sponsors and guys, guess we have, yeah. like, work Like, if and it and happened stuff, to me, I like, know,
2: so- I, I wouldn't mind if, like, if this happened to me in Vegas or something, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'd be hardcore about this. Like, same thing. Like, imagine, like, you walked into MGM and they gave you a ticket for 40 I wouldn't be rolling over, but I guarantee you, MGM would tell you to go F yourselves. Put it this way, guys. Let's put this in perspective about how nice FanDuel is, okay? FanDuel just paid out $82,000 for a glitch that they don't have to pay for if you read the fine print. They're doing this to be nice and to get good publicity and not bad publicity. MGM sued people who got shot at the country music show. Yes. (laughs) Like, not only are they not paying people that got shot on their property, (laughs) they're going to sue you for getting shot on their property. Like, you know, like, I guarantee you, this happens in Vegas. They're not even getting in court. The judge would laugh at you. They'd be like, you're not getting anything. Get the hell out of here. Here's a free drink ticket and shut the hell up.
3: You said a lot of smart stuff, but just just that comparison in itself, even thinking about it, and and it being true is so disgusting. Like it's just, it's insane. It just tells you about uh, the world we live in. And this guy's got horseshoes up his ass. Thank your lucky stars, there, buddy, because you're never gonna. Like, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. Gabe,
1: I'm. Still I got to be honest, Five hundred
3: dollars over a tennis match for God's sakes. I got. If I, got I was Paltrow.
2: he beat.
1: The if guy I was FanDuel, I
2: don't get paid. Joe. If I was FanDuel, I would ban the guy after this, though. I really would. Yeah, <laughs> I that's a good I'd call, give, I'd actually. say, here's your $82,000, you're, sure you're not money. welcome here yeah. anymore. Yeah, go, go bet in right. Will Hill. Yeah. Go bet somewhere else, buddy. You yeah. know, you're not, well, that, you're not well, welcome here.
3: Well. I'm, I'm, you know what? The funny thing is, I'm surprised they actually haven't done that. Like, Me, too. The guy and you see that guy walk around. No. Yeah, like, oh, because this guy would go right to the news.
2: Exactly. He'd go right to the news and cry. <laughs> oh, they—they they, now yeah. they paid me, but Bad they borrowed dude. me. Now I got to <laughs> spend a forty-dollar taxi ride to go over to Monument. Thank yeah. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, hey, God, God bless him. You know, good for him. He's not a rich dude. I've seen a guy around there before. Like, I don't think, I don't know, not, not, nothing like this. The biggest thing ever happened to me. I found four hundred and twenty dollars in, in a in a casino once. I found a four hundred. I found a two hundred and like uh, a. You know, a, a winning ticket for two hundred and twenty dollars that paid four twenty—that's like the most I've ever found in in a casino or like luck in a casino or anything like that. Like I never fall ass backwards in anything.
3: No, nope, I know. <laughs> besides, with besides, this
2: is strange. I, as I say this, I did find ten dollars today.
3: <laughs> That's great.
2: Yeah, but I'm not even sure if it was mine or not. Like I'm so out of it. What, was
3: it in was it in your buddy's domicile, or was it outside on the street? No, it was on the
2: counter of a store. But ah, I don't recall. Change. Yeah, no, I don't think I, I, didn't, I don't believe I had a $10 bill on me. And I never took the money out of my pocket, so I was standing in line, and I sort of looked right in front of me. It was a $10 bill. And I was like, well, I could either okay. leave it here, or maybe I'm just so tired and out of it that I took it out of my pocket. I said, I don't even know if it's mine yep. or not. But I, I realized after happened. it wasn't.
3: It happened to me, Gabe. I went to Shopper's Drug Mart in the days after doing, um, it was the Sunday radio show for four hours. Afterwards, I was like sleepwalking. I walked in, I bought a, p- a pack of, uh, you know, eggs, uh, you know, bagels, all sorts of stuff, gravel uh, you know, NRC, like $50 worth of stuff. I walked right gravel. out. Like, I just walked right out of the thing. And I know what the best is, they had it on camera. The person behind me stole my stuff. When I went back to get it, they gave me all the stuff for free again. That's the best luck I've had all week. They said, Mr. Stewart, we, ha- we have the culprit on camera. You know, we're going to honor your stuff. What did you get? The honor system. Walk in there. Thank you very much. Got groceries out the door. Can you believe that? The person behind me stole my stuff because I just was sleepwalking. I just walked right I'm, out the door without any I've bags. done that
2: many times. <laughs> oh, I've done so that stupid. in the last <laughs> last year or two. I've done it a few times where yeah. I've gone into a store or restaurant, paid, stood there for a minute and left. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I do and, that too. That's and and I get like name. 10 minutes away and I realize, I have to think about it. I'm like... Did I even just eat at McDonald's? Or did I just walk in and pay and leave? (laughs) Like, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I'm not even sure. I have to, like, stop and think that I I don't even know. Game time decision. Fred Eaton Rage Radio continues. Babano next.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions.
2: Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Looks like we'll track seat Merrill down a little bit later on in the show. We're jam-packed <laughs> out here today. We do have Lucky Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, stepping up in there. What's up, Babano? What's going on, Babano? Babano.
7: How are you? Can you hear me? I'm here. I'm you. ready.
2: We've got you. Good stuff. You're loud and clear. Sounds yeah, good, like good. Uh, your, your,
3: your nice. new Samsung sounds Samsung. good
2: today. But yeah, the Samsung 9, fired
7: up. New phone, new vibe, exactly. Needed a, a new one at this point. i got sick of the old one, so good to get the new phone in there, and good to see it's working better than last week. I think we had some issues, but let's rock. All right, Like, so let, Gabe's, doing, to... like Gabe's doing these days, rocking, rocking, yeah, ready yeah, to deliver the album of the year.
2: Yeah, we're rocking out. Yep. Um. So... Um, yeah, I hope it's the album of the year. We appreciate that, Babano. So we'll find out if tonight's football game is going to be the game of the year. But Cam's excited about it. And um, Whale Capper just joined us. Whale Capper likes the over in this football game. And he's all fired up for this football game as well. What's your take on the Browns and uh, the Jets? Uh, Browns minus three, total 41 right now.
7: The closer this game gets to uh, kicking off, the more excited I am, actually, to watch it. I mean, I I think it's really intriguing from a whole different bunch of elements. I think the New York Jets are going to be a thorn in Cleveland's side tonight, even though it's a tough road spot on a short week. We saw what that did to Baltimore uh, last week against Cincinnati. They didn't really play that well, uh, traveling on a short week to play on Thursday night football. Maybe the Jets succumbed to that, but if you're going to lay three, three and a half with the Cleveland Browns, you're going to put your faith you know, in a football team, in an organization that's been uh, so inept to the point where they're 1-34 uh, in their last 35 teams, and now you're going to have to ask them to win, not just by a field goal, to win by more than a field goal, uh, to cast your ticket. I'm not ready to do that just yet. I have no doubt the Browns are a better team this season than they've been in the past. You're seeing it. And you're especially seeing it on the defensive side of the football. Uh, they couldn't do any worse at the quarterback spot than they did last year, and Tyrod Taylor at least gives them a little bit. More semblance of productivity and uh, production from the quarterback spot for this Browns team. I'm just not ready yet to lay three, three and a half. And I And I've actually liked what I've seen from Darnold so far. No, you know he had two interceptions against Miami in the loss, but that was on a short week. One of them really wasn't his fault. It was a tip ball. Uh, I think he's been pretty good, and I think he's going to be able to keep this team close. Uh, I'm going to grab the Jets here, uh, even though I know a lot of people like Cleveland here, to finally get a win.
3: Yeah, Babano, the total. Are you surprised with the, with the steam to, to 41? We saw some, uh, you know, 39. Now 41, that's a big movement. I know it's a Thursday night game. It's the only uh, big game on the board despite a pretty bad college football game tonight. But are you surprised with the over? And uh, what's your take on the total of this game?
7: I think it stays under, but I'm also not betting unders in the, the NFL anymore. It totals of 41. You know, I think the lowest total I bet this season was 41 and a half, 42 last week with the Dallas Giants Sunday night game. Uh, obviously didn't have to worry about that one. But still, uh, that one stayed well under forty-one and a half, forty-two. 42. But 41 is still tricky. I mean, you could get over the total of that by accident. You know, you have two teams that have turned the ball over a bit this season already, Cleveland uh, and the Jets. That's always a concern, especially if you're going to do it in your own territory and set up the other offense with a short field. Yeah, for those reasons, you know, I'm a little leery uh, of betting uh, under, Uh, at 41, even though I do think the offenses are going to have a hard time uh, putting the ball in the end zone tonight.
2: You know, I brought it up earlier. This is one of these football games here tonight that it wouldn't shock me if it was really low scoring and it didn't go anywhere and it was one of those, oh, God, it's the Jets and the Browns. And part of me is like, oh, it wouldn't surprise me if there actually was points. It's hard to bet an under in any NFL game nowadays, actually. But, you know, there is talent here. Uh, on 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 the on the Cleveland uh, side of the football, you know they haven't uh, they haven't scored more than 21 points though uh, this year. And Cleveland, like you said, Babano, it's hard to lay points. I think it's what's it's been 37 games, I-, I believe it is, since Cleveland have been favored.
7: Exactly, and if Cleveland wins this game by exactly a field goal, exactly three points, is it really going to stun anybody? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could definitely no. see a final score no. like that. <laughs> That's why Cam loves the teaser
3: yeah that's right i know it's uh usually betting uh it's not the smartest move like you talk to bettors you take dogs you take money lines but the teasers uh i just find them like a, a, a lot middling and this this game has teaser potential because you get a you get an underdog in the jets at 10 you can't really see cleveland uh i can't see cleveland winning by more than 10 and i wouldn't be surprised if the jets won the game outright too so you know what i mean i think to tease this game with the low total too it, seems like uh, the prudent play there, Babano. But and the I know, New York Jets,
7: uh, the, yeah, the New York Jets, guys, very impressive. The last time we saw them in a primetime road game uh, when they played Detroit a couple weeks ago on Monday night. question is, is how bad is Detroit? How much worse is Detroit this season? And how much better is Cleveland this season? We're going to find out a lot about those two questions tonight.
2: All right, Babano. So um, let's, let's stick with the NFL right now. We'll blast a little college yeah. before we get out of here. Uh, what what's your what's your pick of the week uh, here in the NFL? We always bust your balls. That what's the one pick you're sharing with everybody? Now that you're a big shot.
7: <laughs> well, no, we'll, we'll give out a couple here. Actually, We're, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle about three or four picks out here. I'm Ooh, gonna nice, give you three nice. or four actually this week. I'm on New Orleans plus three. They're due to have a, finally have a good game. I think getting away from the Superdome uh, is going to do them well. Uh, Atlanta's banged up beyond belief. Julio Jones banged up. Two key defenders out. Jones and Keanu Neal, uh, that's a big deal. Didn't show up last week against Carolina. Could show up a lot more against Drew Brees and the Saints offense here in this game. I kind of like the Saints to go on the road, get a win, get away from all. Sean Payton, you wouldn't have known if you listened to him talk after the Cleveland game last week that they won. He said that it was not a good enough effort, not good enough performance. The execution was terrible. Uh, Fortunate to get away with a win there. I think Saints actually step up and show up here. I'll take Saints plus three there. I like the over in the Oakland-Miami game. Uh, it's up to forty-four and a half. I agree with that. Uh, I don't trust Miami's defense yet. You played Tennessee as a broken offense learning a new system. You played uh, the Jets on a short week with a rookie quarterback after they played in Detroit. going to be tougher against Derek Carr. You can't fault Derek Carr for them losing in Denver last week. The defense let them down, and I think the defense is going to continue to let Oakland down, which is why I think Miami's going to move the football in that game as well with Tannehill, who's looked very good so far. So I like Miami there, and I like the over – more in that game and i'm going to go with the chargers here plus seven seven and a half here against the rams i'm convinced if you bet against the team that just played arizona the week before you're going to make money because you're going to see a power rating adjustment on teams after they beat arizona up badly that don't deserve it because i really think arizona is that bad i've got them a bottom two bottom three team in the nfl right now uh, based on what i've seen out of them and i think there's some value with the chargers i don't like the chargers at home I like them a little bit better. Well, it's not technically on the road. This is the battle of L.A. here. But Chargers, you know, getting points. Rams a little overvalued. They've been beyond good, don't get me wrong, on both sides of the ball. But I think the Chargers, in a game with with this magnitude, and especially with the Rams playing Minnesota the week after this one, uh, Chargers might hang around, stay within the seven there.
2: Yeah, not just uh, playing Minnesota. I believe it's on a Thursday night, too. There's a Thursday night game uh, next week.
7: Oh, you by the way, one, I'll Cardinals. throw two more quickly. Two more quickly. Sunday night, Belichick and Brady off a loss. What's been a great bet with Belichick and Brady off a loss? Patriots against the spread and the over uh, in those New England games. They always come out firing offensively, and they put their foot down, and if they attack on another score, they don't mind it. So I laid the 6.5 with New England. I also took that game up and over the total Sunday night in Motor City. Every time I bet against, there, uh, I like that. He
2: filled up the every time I bet that, against dude. the Patriots, I get screwed. Uh, I bet <laughs> if I bet against them, they win. I bet on them, yep. they lose. It's it's amazing. It's just it's been this way for years. I, it's I, it's uncanny. But you mentioned Arizona, and you know you mentioned all right. The power rankings get uh, get shifted around uh, after because of um, because of how bad uh, they've been and teams beat them down, but also. After two horrible games like this, you actually get a little value on them. It was six. It's down to five and a half uh, right yep. now. So there has been some money uh, in on Arizona. You know, it's, it's you can't really say, oh, it's a play on Arizona. Arizona had been freaking terrible so far this year. Uh, but it's more of a play for me against the Chicago Bears. Playing on Monday Night Football, coming off the win. They're still a young team learning how to win. We saw them blow the lead in week one, their defense is good. I'm, I'm going to give them that, but asking Trubisky and the bears to go on the road and win a game by, uh, by six points, but bad enough, that's a leap of faith as well. Uh, you know, maybe it's a game that people, you know, going to say, oh, I'm going to stay away from this one, but I'd be in no rush to be laying five and a half with the bears on the road to win the game out. Right. So it's, it's almost as crazy as the Browns being favored, but at least the Browns are at home. Now the bears, I get it. The bears are improved, but I think they're a little bit overvalued and overhyped here.
7: Yeah, I think it's not quite time yet for me to trust Chicago laying five and a half on the road on a short week after a big Monday night home win against Seattle. I'm not ready to do just that. And Let's keep in mind Seattle was an extremely injury-riddled mash unit on Monday night, especially defensively in their secondary at the linebacking spot uh, in Chicago. You know, Mitch Trubisky didn't exactly take advantage of that big time. I mean, he had some uh, wayward throws in that game, a little inconsistency from him, but the pick six is really what did Seattle in in that game. So I I, I, I'm with you. I can't lay five I don't want anything to do with Arizona either to pass for me, but I'm I'm telling you watch this theory. If Arizona looks bad again uh, this week uh, in this football game, it already worked. My theory if you bet against the team that beats Arizona the next week, it's going to work. Look at Washington. I mean, everybody was talking about, wow, look at Washington crushing this Arizona team. Well, what did you do if you bet against Washington after that win against Arizona last week? Yeah, they lost outright at home to Indy and Andrew Luck. So keep an, keep an eye on that little theory of mine. Maybe it's going to work uh, a little bit longer this season.
2: And Indy, yeah, you mentioned
3: Indy. Indy last week. That was, that was nice. Yeah, I night. liked We were it. all on Indianapolis last week. That was a good call. it was a, well, it was
2: a good spot for them last week. Yeah. It was a great spot for them. They played. They played there pretty we well, go. actually, in the first game against Cincinnati, and it wasn't a good spot they for did. Washington. Bobano said, "Bet against the teams that played uh, Wash uh, Arizona the week before," and that that's who did. But now you get Indianapolis going into Philadelphia. Carson Wentz uh, returns, and you know it's six and a half points right now. Ooh, Carson Wentz is back, and it you know it should. It sort of it seems like a bad spot or a tougher spot for the Colts playing back to back. Uh, road games right now but uh, looking at the numbers actually and the trends in past history the Colts have actually been pretty good on back-to-back road games when getting points Andrew Luck is just a very very good underdog you know I you know he's just back it's fresh it's a different Colts team but still we saw them win the game outright last week he gives them a chance to win any game and to cover any game and Andrew Luck has always been a stud against the spread like you know, top three quarterback against the spread since he's been in the National Football League. He just hasn't played in so long, we forget it.
7: No, it's it's incredible. And look at last week, outright underdog winner against Washington. it has been a great underdog, Andrew Luck, and his career. Great road underdog, too. I know they've gone on the road and hung tough with a lot of teams uh, in the underdog role and even won some of those games outright. So this is a tricky point spread range and a tricky price range, personally, for me to bet against Indian. At the same time, you know, you got Philly off a loss against Tampa Bay. They're back home. They're fired up. Carson Wentz is back. But is Carson Wentz going to be ready to roll, rock and roll, and play at 100% you know, effectiveness and sharpness uh, in his very first start in a very long time? And he's going to have to play well. You're not laying three, three-and-a-half. You're laying six-and-a-half, almost seven here, although you are still facing a suspect defense. So this is a very, very tough game for me. I like. Uh, I could make cases for both sides. So this is one of the games I don't have an opinion on from a side perspective.
3: But Ben, I was going to ask you about uh, Denver and Baltimore. It's a game we haven't talked about all week. I'm actually, you know, I'm betting a lot more dogs this week, but I love Baltimore. I watched the Denver Raiders game on Sunday, very unimpressed by Denver. It was a nice drive at the end to come back and win. They didn't cover. Oakland was a good, good dog last night, getting, last week getting six and a half. They should have won that game. Now they go on the road to Baltimore, a team that's probably still licking their chops after Cincinnati dummied them in the first half of that game and punched them in the face. I kind of like Baltimore as a favorite at minus five and a half. What's your take on the Ravens and Broncos?
7: It's a beautiful spot for the Ravens. I I definitely can't deny that, Cam. Uh, You're looking at it. They're off since last Thursday. It was a bad... They got off to just a horrible start in that first quarter against Cincinnati, and they never recovered from that. They fell behind big early. Uh, John Harbaugh, I'm sure, has talked to his team about rebounding. They have a little bit extra time from last Thursday night to get ready for this game. But I'm not sure I'm ready to lay 5 5 and a half with Baltimore against a defense this good in Denver here. Uh, it's, I was hoping to lay 3 uh, in this game, but 5 5 and a half, <laughs> I was. Much. it's tricky. I mean, I, I, it really is for me. And Baltimore's banged up. Uh, they lost C.J. Mosley uh, the last week uh, to a knee injury. He's not going to play. That's a big loss. They haven't had Jimmy Smith in the secondary yet this season. You could make a good case. He's their best uh, cornerback uh, in the defensive backfield. So, you know, there's going to be opportunities for Case Keenum to move the football here in this game, and that creates some backdoor potential. I think Baltimore wins, but this is a 5, five and a half. Is Baltimore that team you can trust to beat decent to good teams by a touchdown or more? Uh, we'll have to see. It's a good spot for them. Extra time, but I was hoping for a better number, to be honest.
2: It's actually an intriguing NFL card uh, this weekend. It I've is. talked about this. Me and Cam talked about it earlier in the week. You know, there's a lot of lot of times NFL boards like, all right, there's there's two three decent football games here, but you look across the board this week. You know, the Bills and the Vikings, that's not cool. That That's a bad game. The Bengals and the Panthers. <laughs> that's
3: not, that's not nah, I'm cool. I'm just being
2: real. It's like Carlito. Yeah, that's no, not No, it's cool. a horrible game. No, it's not cool. Yeah, no that's one not, watches watch that cool. unless you're a Viking. That's not cool, yeah. Yeah, unless you're a Viking fan, then you'll enjoy it. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, cool. But yeah, if, if you're No one else wants cool. to watch it. But the Bengals <laughs> and the Panthers is cool. a good game. The Broncos and the Ravens yep. is a good game. Packers and Washington's good. Great Colts game. and Eagles yep. is good. New Orleans, Atlanta is good good game giants and texans we didn't talk about this one this one's kind of a train wreck here they're both zero and two really hard to trust houston laying six but my gut instinct tells me houston does just sort of beat them up like 27 10 or something like that
7: yeah i took houston in week one against new england and i was very very fortunate to get a push at plus seven uh, against new england with them uh, I was. It was obviously frustrating. I came back with them last week against Tennessee. Bad coaching by Bill O'Brien. I mean, letting uh, yep. Mike Brabel out you, out-trick you with trick plays, not being ready for it, not managing your timeouts properly, which was an issue for him at the end of the first half and at the end of the football game. This guy's hot seat just got hotter. I mean, this is 0 and 2 There's expectations with this Texans team. People are getting fed up with this guy if they weren't already. I'm sure your buddy in Houston, what's his name, Jason Braddock, Gabe? I'm sure he's uh, yep. had enough with Bill O'Brien at this point. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not ready to lay six here. I've, I've, I've jumped off the Texans' train this week. I don't trust them in this price range. The Giants are still playing pretty good defense, even though their offense can't do anything right now. Uh, that defense of the Giants against a bad O-line for Houston so far, it might be enough to All get right, the hang Giants in here. to hang around. I take the dog before the favorite there.
2: H- hang in here, uh, Babano. We'll take a quick break. We'll uh, We'll continue our conversation with
1: Ian Cameron.
2: it's Thursday Thursday night football New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns the anticipation building but actually you know, people actually fired up for this game and
0: yeah, it actually really doesn't
2: suck as I stated, there could be much worse combinations. We're just talking about the Texans and the Giants. Yeah, they—they they the haven't Seahawks won anything. Bears suck.
3: Marenzi, horrible game. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at that game. That game. That game would be a reeker too. So you know what? Jets, Browns, two teams on the upswing. I'm down with the program. I think it's going to be nice. It's nice to see uh, these teams on pr- prime time. I, you know what? Cleveland's not as bad as it used to be. The Jets are are trending upwards. I got I got more problems with the other games we watched this year.
7: Hey, Babano, how you doing? There we go. I hear you go now.
3: We, are, we, are we still on? Is Gabe there? I, maybe we I hope we didn't lose him, buddy. But we can go uh, through the board. I think there. we maybe might have. I, well, yeah, we'll I start. heard
7: dead air for like thirty seconds, but now I hear you. Yep. I thought
3: I thought I was disconnected, but yeah, we'll we'll wait for our buddy to come back there. But Ben, we'll go through a couple more games on the board. There, I was talking about a great game that we that we both really Gabe and I were talking about. I think we're going to be on the dog here. This is an interesting spot because everyone's high on Patrick Mahomes. This guy's the darling of the NFL right now, doing everything right for Kansas City. Now you got to come back at home against the San Francisco team that we talked about in the first week. Pretty unlucky against uh, Minnesota in that game. Against Detroit, didn't really look like an impressive win. Detroit kind of came back in that game, but San Francisco had that game in check. And now Kansas City, these guys have to lay six and a half points there. I know Arrowhead's a tough place to play, but... Uh, I got to tell you something. I, I like the Niners at plus six and a half. I wish we got the full touchdown, converted touchdown at seven, but I'm on San Francisco plus six and a half. What's your take on this game?
7: Yeah, Cam, I can't argue with that. I mean, Kansas City's had two road wins. They're back home. Feels like maybe a slight little, not flat spot, but you're, two big road wins. You come back home. Are you ready to play another A game? I'll tell you who's not playing an A game right now. The Kansas City Chiefs defense. They're not playing any A game right now. They're playing awful. Uh, they've not been good on that side of the ball. It's Pat Mahomes and the offense that's bailed them out uh, in terms of winning these first two games. And I don't lay six and a half, seven with bad defenses. And I'm not about to start here with this Kansas City team. And you know with Jimmy Garoppolo and you know with Kyle Shanahan, who is an elite level innovator and thinker in terms of offensive game calling and scheming. Uh, that he's good. the back door is going to be open with that quarterback and that coach uh, running the show on offense. So uh, even if the 49ers are behind by a touchdown or more, they can punch one in late against a bad defense. So, yeah, taking the points is something I would definitely lean to. And I already like the over. I got a good number on it, at 54 and a half. It's up to 55 and a half, 56 now. But I don't know if they can make these Chiefs camp uh, these Chiefs totals high enough because Andy Reid's doing a spread offense. He's letting Patrick Mahomes run like a Texas Tech type of offense here. They do go up tempo at times, and they and defenses look like they're caught with their pants down right now, trying to stop it. So until I see Kansas City stay under a total, I'm more than happy to ride that over train until it uh, stops at the station.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. At 55.5, It seems it seems high. It seems like a more collegiate total. But I got to believe the 49ers can put up you know 28, 31 points in this game, and Kansas City will be able to score against them for that total. It's Gabe and I were talking about this game, and it just seems too easy. I, I'm not sure. I got this weird, weird voice in my head. But you know when we've been gambling for a really long time, especially these games at three, you kind of get that voice, and it seems easy for Miami. Got to give the Dolphins a lot of credit right now minus three minus 170 on the money line in this game the total 44 and a half i know you talked about the over but what about the side i really wanted to take miami but the more and more i think about this game i kind of lean to the raiders the raiders are very good against denver some hard luck hey gotta hand it to chucky it's it's been a bad experiment but the first half against the rams they played pretty good before they self-destructed and then last week uh they were dominating uh they were dominating denver till the late in that game too buddy but Gabe and I are both kind of talking about this game. He likes Miami, but a voice is telling me, Oakland, what's your take on this game? I know you like the over.
7: Yeah, I like the over. I could I lean Miami just because the power ratings haven't caught up to Miami. They're 2-0. and They have a very easy schedule to start, although I will say this for Oakland. They've they, you know they've had a tough schedule. I mean, L.A. Rams at home. L.A. Rams are an absolute contender, NFE and the Super Bowl. Uh, they're loaded on both sides of the ball. They upgraded their defense. Jared Goff continues to play well, and the offense has weapons, Gurley cooks go on down the list a uh, cup uh, i mean that's a tough opener for oakland Then you got to play in denver the next week and to see Derek carr actually move the football successfully for most of that entire game he only had three incomplete passes last week against denver very impressive i mean he was very in control against a good defense on the road in a tough environment that's why i think miami's gonna have trouble stopping oakland's offense here but i don't like much gabe cam uh, i'm sorry with this oakland defense uh you know they're giving up Big yards in the secondary. No pass rush to be had. They're not stopping the run right now either. That's why I think Miami's going to get theirs. I could see Miami winning three to six points in that range. I, I would lean Miami, especially if I can get three. I probably wouldn't lean more than that. I definitely like this game over the total.
2: The history of teams uh, winning three games in a row, especially teams that aren't supposed to, it's just tough. Teams don't generally don't win and cover uh, on a weekly basis. And so it is sort of a big leap of faith uh, on the Miami Dolphins to do this. But like I said earlier, it's a really bad spot uh, for the uh, the Miami Dolphins um, opponent here in the Raiders playing uh, playing an early game. So, Bando, let's talk uh, college uh, football. Um, interesting card uh, this week. You know, it's starting to get real right now. That's what makes college football so cool. Every game matters. Every game counts all the time except Tulsa and Temple. But uh, it's a football game on the board. <laughs> Tulsa and Temple, it's a Temple minus 6.5, total 54.
7: <laughs> Horrible game. I didn't expect this move on Tulsa to happen. I mean, this was a pass for me initially, and it might still be. But now that I can get 6, 6.5, there's 6 at Pinnacle, 6 and a, I could only t- take Temple, uh, laying the points. You know, I don't like Tulsa's offense right now. We talk about how good Philip Montgomery's had it on the offensive side of the football coaching this team. Not this year. Luke Skipper, uh, I'd skip him, ha- having him as my quarterback. Uh, he hasn't really been good. He hasn't been consistent. Actually, Tulsa's defense has played better than their offense so far. Temple made a quarterback change out of necessity last week against Maryland. Frank Newtown was injured, and the new starting quarterback played extremely well for Temple, and they're going to stick with him here in this game uh, against Tulsa after a nice road win uh, last week against Maryland. Uh, Temple's got a little momentum after a tough start. I don't fault them for losing to Buffalo Gate. Buffalo Bulls are a good football team this season. Uh, I think Temple can handle Tulsa. I would only lay the 6.5. What about the total here, 54 points? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Tulsa's defense has been better this season, but their offense has taken a massive step back. Tulsa, uh, Temple's played very good defense last week, so I can understand the under sentiment. But with Tulsa involved, they run fast, ultra-fast tempo. They always have. They still do that, uh, even though their offense isn't really working at 100% right now. So for that reason, even though I think the under move was good initially, 54 and a half, it's low enough now that I don't want the under anymore at this number.
2: It's a terrible game in the sense that <laughs> it's sort of like tonight. The Temple are one of these teams. Like you said, I don't know, man. Temple should be able to handle this game, but yeah. Temple is a favorite. Have never been profitable for anybody. they ten-
7: very poor favorites. Exactly yeah. right. That's why I'm yeah. worried. Yes,
2: you yeah. want to lay points it. with this team. It's it's a big leap of faith. It, it just it just is. It's an ugly game. Uh, it's amazing because we have a really ugly game in the National Football League tonight as well. Or, you know, I think the, the, the NFL game looks like the Super Bowl compared to this game. I remember they used to actually have cool college football games on a Thursday night, and it would actually compete with the NFL. They'd say, so you know what, you know, you have the NFL game, but we have Clemson versus NC State on ESPN tonight. Yeah, exactly, the,
3: Gabe, exactly. These colleges the, don't do that anymore.
2: They conceded. Oh. I don't know. They basically rolled over yeah. and said, you know what, let's just roll out the crap yeah. games on Thursday night since we're getting beat by the NFL anyways. Yeah. And there's actually better games on Friday nights than night. now the college, college world.
7: Right. You're 100% right. They've loaded up the Friday schedule with a lot better games last, last year and so far this year, and it's the same this week. Look, at you got Washington State-USD on a Friday night if ucf you got some good games there yep yep yep. Penn, starts penn state. too it's it's
3: it's nice gabe seven o'clock nine o'clock and 10 30 no, these games are good like your florida atlantic against ucf gabe penn state illinois washington USC. sign me up for friday night college football great card
2: yeah unless i'm missing something babano here with a million injuries but you know the number seems a little high here for central florida against florida atlantic yeah
7: The question is, is Florida Atlantic really that much worse than last year? So far, they haven't looked like the same team, but they've also played Oklahoma. They had to play Air Force triple option. You know, They didn't have extra time to get ready for that. Uh, So you can excuse those kind of uh, performances a little bit for Florida Atlantic. I'm not ready to trust UCF laying these points, even though Mackenzie Milton and that offense is lethal. And they play a very similar system to what Scott Frost played, uh, Heupel. Uh, The new head coach came from Missouri where he ran up tempo. So this is no big transition for the UCF offense, but they still lost a lot of pieces on defense. It hasn't shown up yet because they played UConn and they played South Carolina state in their first two games. Uh, It may show up a little bit more here that UCF's defense may be a little weaker this season. So, this number, I'm leaning a little bit to Florida Atlantic, and I was looking at the over, but gosh, it's been crushed 10 points upward, so all the value is taken right out of that thing. 76 from an opener of 66.
2: Wow. You know, I look at this That's game. 76 points right now. We don't goal. really know about Florida Atlantic. You're right. they have sort of been underwhelming. You know, they won by six against Air Force. They, handled, you know, they, they won the game. They got beat up. They handled their, their business there. You know, Bethune, Cookman, or whoever the hell they played last week. We're not gonna learn anything from that. It's hard for me, you know, not to bet the over this game. I'd be I'd be looking at it. Now USC. USC, you know, they have a freshman quarterback. You know, they not just the quarterback situation, but they lost a lot of they've lost a lot of talent over the last couple of years to the National Football League, including a guy who's playing tonight, though, in in Sam Darnold. Yet, you get USC minus four and a half. What are you you betting on this game, Cam? You're Washington State Cougars. You're a big Cougar guy.
3: I am a Cougar guy. Actually, I have a lean to the Cougars. It's more of a heart bet. USC, to me, has been very underwhelming this year. I've not been impressed by them. You talk about it, Gabe. They lost a lot of real good, talented players. You know, and I watched that, that UNLV game on the on the Fire Stick too. You know, the the UNLV Rebels were running up on them. I know it was a look ahead spot for USC, but not very impressive. As for Washington State, you know, a lot of people like them to lose to Wyoming. They showed up in that game and got it done. I don't know. I find it hard to lay four and a half points with the Trojans, Babano. But uh, you know, they are at home. I have a lean to Washington State, the Cougs.
2: What do you think about this game? USC is yeah. in a desperate state, Babano. Like this is they a are. they are. If Clay Helton loses this game. If Clay Helton loses this game, the fire Clay Helton stuff begins yeah. for real. It
7: Correct. does, because it's been an underwhelming start. They've been trampled twice in a row uh, in as many games by Stanford and Texas in back-to-back weeks. And now you gotta, you're got. you right, it's backs against the wall. There's already rumblings that Clay Helton may not last the entire season if they keep losing games like this. It's their second Pac-12 game. They're already 0-1 in the Pac-12 because uh, they lost to Stanford. So this is a huge game. Circle the wagon spot, whatever you want to call it, for USC – That being said, I'm not laying four and a half, five with them, not with what I've seen out of JT Daniels. And if you've read any quotes from Mike Leach, who's as honest as it gets, he's as open and forthcoming as it gets. That's why he's hilarious to listen to. He will tell anyone that will listen that he thinks Gardner Minshew, his new quarterback, has the chance to be one of his better quarterbacks how he's grasped the offense quickly, how he knows what he's doing. He came from East Carolina, and he was there in the days Ruffin McNeil was still there, running a very similar air raid, pass-heavy offense. It's been like a hand-in-glove fit so far for Gardner Minshew here at Washington State in Pullman with this offense, and it's shown in the results. This offense has been very good. With an offense that's been as dangerous as they've been, I'm reluctant to go against them in an underdog spot here getting as many as plus 5 here against a struggling team and i think this game can go over the total i'm i'm interested to know why this game's being played yeah. under uh it's down to 51 i think USC's offense at home against a little bit of a weaker defense here can get it going a bit daniel's and company but i think washington state can put up some points here so lean to the dog and like the game over 51
2: you you just like saying Coug- are taking I hear you, care of you their like business, saying that
7: garter Minshew,
2: Minshew,
3: it's Minchu. a great name.
7: Yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, Cougars beat beat Wyoming on the road, forty-one to nineteen. I know San 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 Jose State sucks, but they took care of business, thirty-one nothing. And Eastern Washington is not even that bad of a team. D one, they won 24 Like you can say what you want, Mike Leach. The, the Washington State Cougars have been taking care of business, and conversely, USC's been sucking. I, I lean Cougars.
7: Well, that's the thing. I mean, Mike Leach has had Graham Harrell at Texas Tech. You know he. Uh, Luke Falk at Washington State, and he's putting Gardner Minshew in company with those guys, that he could be one of the best quarterbacks he's had the way he started out. That's high praise from Mike Leach. So we'll find out a lot more about this guy Friday night at uh, the Coliseum.
3: What about uh, Penn State and Illinois this game? Uh, I, I, like I really want to take the home dog. I want the. You know what, Morency, I'm on the dog, too. Give me Lovey Smith and uh, the Fighting Illini if we can get plus 28 there, uh, Babana. What do you think about Illinois?
2: Illinois is a huge home dog. You want a big look ahead yes. spot. Penn State yeah. play Ohio State next week. Ooh, good 12, 20, um, Gabe. 27 points, a lot of points. And Illinois are actually a little better than people realize. At yep, home, they are. they're very good. You know when they're getting this many points. You know you're on their home field, getting twenty-seven and a half with Penn State playing Ohio State the next week. All you need from Illinois is a touchdown or two. You're going to cover this number.
7: That's true. I mean, I don't want the road favorite here with that look-ahead spot, and I think Penn State's still overvalued. I stand by that. But boy, you're, it's like you're asking for an ulcer to happen to you if you're going to back Illinois. Uh, on a regular basis I mean it's just really really tricky for me I'll give them credit they battled at least it wasn't pretty last week against South Florida uh, but they battled in that uh, football game you know kept it manageable kept it respectable the problem is is Illinois defense is still suspect and if Penn State gets the offense cranking and, and James Franklin can be a little bit of a prick too I mean he doesn't mind punching in that late score he doesn't mind sending out the field goal kicker when he's up 42 to 3 with 30 seconds left that's a concern always with Penn State too uh, when they're in this big bully big favorite price range so uh yeah bad spot for penn state but i don't trust illinois
2: yeah you know one thing i've realized with college though guys we can break these games down all we want and we can do our best i've noticed my college picks i either kill it or i get killed There's <laughs> just in the between like one no saturday i'm like oh man am i ever good at college football man i know these things inside <laughs> out I kill or be killed two. yeah
7: to- yeah, kill or be week, killed on a regular basis. So. The next
2: week, I go 2-5 and five in college, and I get blown out. Yeah. Like, I'm on Pittsburgh versus Penn State, and I lose by 50. <laughs> and yeah. I'm still rattled by that. It's been like two weeks, man, and I'm still like, oh, I don't know about college. And it's crazy, too, because last week, I loved LSU. I was on San Diego yep. State. So my college mm-hmm. picks have been pretty good, but there's always that voice in the back of my head when I'm betting big on a college game of Bano that says... They're kids, man. Anything can happen. Like, they're kids. Like, tomorrow, I like Kentucky tomorrow on Saturday, actually. Kentucky, yeah, plus the points. Uh, it's a rough one. It's so only got one minute, Babano. So for you, it's tough. So wrap it up, Babano. Rightwager.com.
7: Yeah, we're launching at rightwager.com October 1st. But college football, uh, UNLV plus seven and a half. and They're 12-4 ATS as road dogs under Tony Sanchez. They've been phenomenal in this point spread range at Arkansas State. I think they keep that game close. I think their rushing game and running attack, which is their uh, preferred method on offense, can trouble Arkansas State, a little leaky rush defense. So UNLV can hang around. Tom Herman is a dog. How can I pass that up? We'll be on Texas plus three. And we really like the over with NC State and Marshall. It's already gone up. Marshall's playing tempo this year, and NC State's offense is ahead of their defense. So I think we see points there.
2: Babano, great stuff. RightWager.com, SportsbookReview.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Babano. We told you we promised you the jam pack today. Steve Merrill joins us next. NFL season is in full swing. but You can still win 2018 World Series tickets, play daily fantasy baseball, and it's free. Go over to DailyRonda.com, find out how DKMS is trying to eradicate blood cancer. Not only will you get educated on their wonderful mission, but you'll also find a uh, link to free DFS baseball contest throughout the rest of the Major League Baseball season, hosted by Fantasy Draft, with a prize of two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Of course, our boy Sonny Betts already won. Uh, tickets uh, to a World Series game, courtesy of DKMS and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. For anybody uh, that's not into uh, playing DFS, just uh, text FNTSY Sports to 50555 to get involved with a great cause um, with DKMS and see what you can do to help eradicate blood cancer. You'll be better for it. So uh, we promise you a stacked show. We've already had Whale Capper uh, joining us. We've had Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. Now, Steve Merrill uh, joins us normally on Fridays, uh, but, um, you know, we've got uh, we're going to be in the studio tomorrow at Metalworks uh, Studios. And uh, we figured instead of doing the show and sort of having just sort of a chaotic day from the studio and everything, we just shut it down one last day. But we'll be back to normal on Monday uh, moving forward. So uh, we apologize for that. You guys know we don't miss shows unless uh, unless it's a necessity and uh, tomorrow is just one of these deals that uh, we got to do what we got to do. Um, and uh, for one last chance at metal glory. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. One buddy. last
2: chance at metal glory. Shred. Shred. Um, actually sounds damn good. But one bad thing, sort of like a pitcher before the World Series, you can't make this up, man. I never get blisters. I've got some sort of weird, like, cut blister on my finger now. And it actually causes severe pain when I play guitar, which kind of sucks because I'm playing guitar this week. Exactly, and but, shredding. Yeah, I know, but it's just sort of that's Murphy's law, man. You know, I, I'm going to fight through it. Like I don't care. I'm just it's going to hurt when I do it, yep. but I might like bleed and stuff, but it'll be all right. Yep. Tough skin, um, calluses. Yeah, it's actually, and uh, we made one of the songs called "Out for Blood." Yeah, which. um... <laughs> At first, Literally, I kind of, you know, it sounds bit. like a Steven Seagal movie. I'm sure it is. It actually does. Sure. It,
3: sounds like an, it sounds like an action movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for blood. Hyperblood. <laughs> ah, we're the equivalent of a cheap action movie. Let's bring in uh, Steve Merrill right now. Lucky Steve Merrill, prosportsinfo.com, <laughs> one of the covers the experts. What's up, Steve?
6: Maybe you will invent a new type of uh, heavy metal like Tony Iommi when he cut his finger off with Black Sabbath 40-some years ago. It's you pretty know, hardcore. might change your style.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny? Our bassist actually plays with three fingers because uh, he chopped one of his fingers off. But or it's it's sort of uh, incapacitated. It's there, but he can't really move it. Can't so it's it. funny. He told me last night. He's like, you know, everything's fine. But he goes, "There's one song where I just can't hit the note because I've got a dead finger." <laughs> I told him, "Well, no <laughs> one's awesome. noticing. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it." yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Iommi. That's just some good music trivia knowledge by you, Steve.
6: Yeah.
3: Uh, Steve.
6: Yeah, I think it was like his last day at work too, and he was going to quit. And I think he went back like after his lunch break when the accident happened. Um, I was crazy, under the impression probably, it was in school. I was under the I impression might be wrong it, on that, that I thought it was one of those industrial places they all kind of worked at back then. I thought it was in like in a, in a workshop in school industrial. I could be wrong. Might have been, it could have been, it was definitely like, it was definitely some kind of industrial plan, whether it was school or a job. But yeah, the reason I thought it was his job and I'd have to Wikipedia, it, but um, I thought it was like his last day too, like after his lunch break and he was going to quit and they're going to do music or something, but it <laughs> it changed the way he played and it really developed that sound that really started a new type of music. You can almost say.
2: Yeah. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Like as you stated, oh, yeah. it changed everything because he's got such a unique style and sound and he, he altered his, you know, it, it became organic like that. And, you know, no one's ever really duplicated him. He's very, very unique, uh, Tony Iommi. I think Black Sabbaths are still touring. Like, they always have one more tour of these guys in them. One more tour. and uh, Even, I don't know, man, I think Tony, o, I think he might be going blind now even. I, I remember seeing an interview. He was like, I can barely see. I, I can't do this stuff anymore. <laughs> like, they're, they're not young. It's Sharon Osbourne, Steve. She's like a, she's, uh, she's She's a taskmaster. She's relentless. Like Ozzy just wants to sit on the couch, man. And she's always like, (laughs) no, no Ozfest, Sabbath reunion. Never any,
6: but it's like Motley Crue also. How amazing is it that these guys have all lasted as long as they have like for 30 plus years, some of these bands and able to tour the, the lifestyles they had back in the day.
2: Yeah. You know, they're, they were lucky. Yeah, they're a blast. I mean, some people, like you said, some people are live healthy lifestyles and drink carrot juice every day and get run over by a truck, right? Some other guys do heroin and bang hookers every night and uh, live to I be 82. Live. Um, so <laughs> Steve, Lemmy was, what,
6: 70-something?
2: Yeah, Lemmy went hard.
6: Lemmy yeah. drank and smoked every day, I think.
2: Oh, yeah, he did cocaine every day and speed, too. He drank a lot, too. See, he, he drank
6: everything. A- Everything offset it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <a> balanced diet, <laughs> cocaine, <laughs> amphetamines, <laughs> alcohol.
6: Yeah. Thought the he was too. He couldn't get upset. Yeah. He gambled <laughs> too. And he gambled. Good call. I, I remember. He he to those vid- you told that story, right? Wasn't it like Hollywood Boulevard? He was playing the video machine every day or something. Yeah, yeah the Rainbow Room. He hangs out there every night. Um,
2: he was there all the time. But I was in. You know, I met Lemmy. I partied with Lemmy. I met Motorhead a bunch of times and. I worked in a music business. I remember once I was working at a Motorhead show and this guy, I knew this manager dude, and he told me, he said, yep, yep. He goes, uh, he goes, you know, I really don't see how many more tours Lemmy will be able to do. And he goes, I swear. He goes, I'm just saying this. He goes, I think he probably only has a year or two left max. Like he said, and he basically said that he's going to drop dead one of these nights. And Lemmy lasted probably about 20 years after that, Steve. (laughs) Like, like he was, like, in his 50s then. He said he went right to his, and it's amazing, too, because he went right up to about 74. And, like, he played till he, I think he died, like, two days after a show type thing. But what's amazing now, Cam, is you notice all the car commercials and, like, even, like, mainstream Whole Food, Like, you know, the biggest yuppie stuff. They all play Motorhead in their commercials now. It's like, it's all Lemmy's voice. Oh, buy this yuppie soccer mom car. And it's like no, the page, page and Lemmy in the background. Exactly. All these people no, would cross no, the hate... street if Lemmy was walking down the yeah. street.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah, I hate do you think Maranci?
2: there's a reason no, for that? Do you two... think he was against that when Cause... he was alive? No, Lemmy would, sort of yeah. would have sold out. Yeah. Lemmy was about money. Yeah. Okay.
3: And you, you see these kids too. Marancy, they never even heard of a Motorhead song. Like that's the thing that drives me nuts. In my neighborhood too, when you get it in the burbs, like the Iron Maiden shirts, the Motorhead shirts, these kids don't even know who these <laughs> bands are. But that's a, that's what it is, right? It's the old classic rocker, the black with the white sleeves going down there. And the, these guys have no clue, absolutely no clue, what era, what band it is. Oh, why was this Iron Maiden? What's Mona? It's just, it's unbelievable how, how how that gear sells, right? It's just, in everybody, they, these kids have no clue what's even going on. But anyway, it's life. Hey, Steve. I was going to ask you, too, about uh, about how did you do – How did you have Kieslowski na- next week, too, uh, in in the NASCAR?
6: It's my home track this Saturday. It's Richmond, and he does well here. Um, it's one of his better tracks. Momentum is something in NASCAR. And what's funny, guys, we talk about the big three every week. You know, we talked about Truex, Kyle Busch, and Harvick all summer. But I, I kept saying, you know, the Fords have been fast as well, and Harvick's team overall have been fast with Al Morella, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, you know, having career seasons. And don't forget, the other fastest team out there was Logano and Keselowski, another Ford team, and they kept coming close. And boy, is he peaking at the right time in the playoffs now?
3: No, that's what I was going to say, Steve. Because I, I was looking at the odds, and I remember I was at Gabe talking to Gabe about it. What was he? Was he ten to one or something like that? Like, not only he's been winning, it's not like because you've seen the guys, the top guys, plus two fifty plus 333 I, I saw him at like i think it was between 8 and 8 and 11 to 1 like the guy's been getting it done major value right now so what do, what do you do with the nascar what are some guys uh, on your radar i know uh, with the playoffs going and stuff steve what are you looking at
6: well another guy that's always great here and could be a bit of a sleeper if you're looking for a first-time winner this season is denny hamlin hamlin's won really well at times he's kyle bush's teammate Truex, somewhat of a true, to Truex's teammate as well. So we know he has the speed, and this is also his home track. He's from Chesterfield, Virginia, within an hour of Richmond, and he's run really well here over the years. Clint Boyer has also run very well here over the years. He won on a short track in Martinsville earlier this year. He's won twice overall, and as I mentioned earlier, he's got the horsepower now with that Harvick team, with Stuart Yates, um, Stuart Haas, rather. So if you're looking for a couple guys that haven't won you know, recently, um, a guy like Clint Boyer who has won, or Denny Hamlin who hasn't won this season, And then Logano, Keselowski, they're both good here as well. Truex is okay. Kyle Busch is great. Harvick is really good, too. So they'll be in the mix always, as as they are each and every week.
3: Hey, Steve, uh, we got this uh, Thursday night football game. And actually, it's funny, me and Gabe, I'm excited about the Jets and Browns game. Not everybody is, but it should be a good one. We haven't seen Cleveland favor with minus three as a favorite since 2015. It's just weird looking at the line and seeing Cleveland minus three. Big steam movement with the total too, buddy. It went up from 39 to 41 in this game. any opinions? I know uh, I told Gabe I'm, I've been doing really well with the teasers. It seems like a teaser type of game. Maybe Cleveland win, but the Jets not losing by 10. Any opinion on the side or total in this one, Steve?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think teasing the plus you know the plus 3 up to plus 10 on a 7-pointer is intriguing. The one thing that concerns me, of course, is it does appear that these Thursday night home teams have an advantage. We, we saw it again last week with the Bengals winning outright as a home dog, really was dominating that game for the most part from start to finish against Baltimore And I think it makes a lot of sense because it's a three-day rest period for both teams, the quick turnaround. So I think it's much tougher on the road team having to travel and prepare after just two days and then travel on that Wednesday. Um, So it does appear to be an edge for Cleveland. But then again, are you ready to lay three points with a team that's won once in the last two and a half seasons? You know, I mean, that's the problem. So, yeah, the Jets plus 10 on a teaser is somewhat tempting. I'd probably tease it to the under, take that up to like 48 or so. Um, I think it went up a bit because 39 was a low number. Uh, but Cleveland's offenses look weak. Only 18 points against the Saints defense. They gave up 48 the week before. And they only had 21 against Pittsburgh, who got shot out by, you know, the, uh, got blitzed by Kansas City last week. And keep in mind, that's, Cleveland Browns had six turnovers in that game Force so they still only got 21 points in, in, into overtime.
3: Yeah. Hey, Steve, in your backyard, this is one of my going to be probably one of my uh, big plays this week. I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to rush to the window, but I really think it's a good spot Morenci and I were both on Indianapolis last week. We had them plus six with a sprinkle on the money line. That was a good play. These guys, uh, they won outright against uh, the Skins in your backyard. Now we're getting Washington. They're at home again. I think it's a big game for them. Hey, and you talk about the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, hey, man, this guy's been playing a lot of football and playing a lot of football hurt, too. Great point by one of our earlier guests about the extra quarter, the overtime game against Minnesota. And you look at the line, and mm, seems a little bit thin, Steve. I would have made probably the Packers three and a half with the hook or four. Now we're getting the Washington Redskins in your backyard getting three points. I'm on Washington. I might even pull the trigger on the money line. What do you think about this game? Does it feel like a trap for Green Bay?
6: Yeah, I've had a good feel so far with the Redskins and the Colts, actually. In week one, I went against the Colts and with the Redskins, 2-0. And then last week, I took the Colts against the Redskins. And that was just such a textbook example of how you handicap week two of the NFL. You had the Redskins coming off about as well as they could play against a Colts team that didn't look that good at all and they won the game outright, as you said. So now the Redskins are probably undervalued once again after the 21-9 home loss as a six-point favorite. The the problem, though, is coming into the season, I thought Green Bay was maybe the team to beat in the NFC, and they haven't shown it yet. So I just don't know quite what to make of the Packers. You know, if they are as good as they're capable of being, they probably should win by more than three. But I do think the situational setup is not good because they're coming off back-to-back home divisional games. Like you said, a big primetime game against Chicago. They had to come from behind. Another really fortunate tie in overtime last week against the Vikings, who are probably the biggest contender in the NFC with them this season. So this is not a great scheduling spot for Green Bay, a team that could easily be 0-2 yet hasn't lost yet.
3: The other game in in your uh, backyard, your area, I was, uh, this is a game that's intriguing to me. I know one of our earlier cappers said, hey, huh, you didn't want to lay the points, but – Uh, I I think Baltimore is in a good situation. I think Vegas made that number because they're trying to attract maybe some Bronco money there. I I, I see Baltimore at five and a half. I watched Denver this year. You know, they were very sloppy against Seattle at home. Very lucky to beat the Raiders at home. Took that last drive. And now Baltimore, uh, you know what, Steve? They're they're well rested. It's five and a half. And we talk about Vegas with those dead numbers at five. I I like the Ravens by a touchdown or more. You got an opinion on uh, Denver and Baltimore?
6: Yeah, Cam, I think from a situational setup, it's good for Baltimore. Like you said, they had the extra rest off the Thursday night loss, a bad loss for them, but they probably have some extra time to recover now. Meanwhile, Denver's coming off back-to-back home wins against Seattle and Oakland, and now they're traveling cross-country for the first time. So I do think the setup is favorable for Baltimore. Didn't like how they looked against Cincy. I thought they played better, but as I mentioned earlier, I think those road teams are at a real disadvantage. You can maybe put an asterisk next to that one. They look pretty damn good at home with that 47-3 win in Week 1 against Buffalo.
2: Steve Merrill, uh, with us, and uh, Steve, I heard you guys talking. Uh, now. I didn't know what's still going on. It's like the golf with the playoffs. When I know. Football starts. <laughs> exactly. Nothing else exists uh, anymore. But uh, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left here. What do you, What do you make uh, of uh, what do you, What are do you doing with this Jets game? I didn't hear your pick on it uh, with the Jets and the Browns tonight.
6: Yeah, I was saying, you know, I think these Thursday night games, Gabe, have really been. Over the last few years, we're starting to realize the home team has a substantial edge because of the short week. Um, But I just don't know if I'm ready to lay three with a Cleveland team that's only won once in the last two and a half years.
2: What about the total?
6: Yeah, you know, Kevin mentioned it went up a couple points to 41 from 39. And it's hard to really make a case for the over, though, because Cleveland's offense, they put up 21 with six turnovers. They only get 21 points against Pittsburgh, who then gives up over 40 last week. And then last week, they only get 18 points against the Saints, who give up over 48 to the Bucks the week before. So, you know, if common opponents and common defense is already indicated, this Cleveland offense is not playing well right now.
2: Yeah, you know, 21 points in week one. Uh, not a bad showing last week you know, against a pretty good Saints defense as well. So the total is 41 right now. It's a tough It's tough to pick the over the under this game. Like I said earlier, it could go either way. But Cleveland, it seems like the right spot for Cleveland here.
6: Yeah, I mean, you got to figure. This is like when you have a really bad baseball team like the Orioles and they're favored, you know, and everyone's like, how can you play them as a favorite? It seems like more times than not those teams win. And this is definitely a situational spot that's good for them. They're at home getting a team off three weeks, three days travel and rest. And if there's ever a game they know they can maybe win and make a statement on national TV, and let's not discount that. National TV is something the Browns aren't used to. You know, these Thursday night college teams that get that often step up. So probably the best spot for the Browns to have a good show in all season.
2: All right, uh, Steve, it's always a pleasure at ProSportsInfo.com, one of the covers experts. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, Steve. Steve Merrill uh, with us. I see right now that this Conor McGregor-Habib press conference is going on. And, um, man, Conor McGregor is like uh, like a Kardashian. You know, people (laughs) say they don't like it. And people always uh, – UFC fans have always been this way. You know, UFC fans have always been this way where – they say they don't like the smack talk and oh, I don't like Brock Lesnar and his wrestling crap and I don't, I don't like this or that. And then they all bow down as soon as anyone talks any smack at all. And Conor McGregor rolls out in the suit and it's just so annoying. You know, Twitter's blowing up with his quotes and oh, Conor says this, Conor says that. It's a good fight. You know, I get it. They're selling the fight, but it's just annoying. You know, the the hypocrisy of the MMA media. And MMA fans is hilarious. They'll bitch about wrestling, and they'll bitch about, oh, it's not, you know, it's just about fighting and mixed martial arts. My, long, my, my long-winded my long point here is, if uh, people can hear us, uh, my long-winded point is here that there's no MMA anymore. All this shit is entertainment, man. I've been saying yep. it for years. The UFC is the WWE with real punches. It's real fights, but it's fake. Oh, it is. You know what I mean? It's entertainment yeah, with real punching. That's the best way of putting it. I got to be honest Marensi, I hope he gets his ass kicked like badly. Who Connor? Yes. I don't th- I hate to say it, I think he's going to win.